A stu stu Studio D production. Hey, crowd. Sorry, when you said, are you ready? I'm anything. Hey, crowd. Why? Hey, crowd. What's that from? Are you ready? Here we go. It's a stupid cheer from when I was in high school. Oh, oh. I remember that cheer. Are you ready? Here to, we go. No, it's are you ready to, to gigolo. gigolo. We have no, our hands up high, our feet down low, low, and that's the way we jiggle. Jig a low, jig, jig a low, jig a low, jig, jig a low. But the way it sounded <laughs> tinny in the headphones when Salem said, are you ready? It just made me think of that for some reason. But, Banana, you didn't chime in. I'm... I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's a cheer. How do you not know the Jiggle Jiggle cheer? <laughs> I went to a not real high school where we didn't have any kind of sporting event. <laughs> well, to be fair, I only know it because we were forced to go to football games for band. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. Everybody. Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. I am Hannah. And I'm Salem. And with us today we have Jess. Hello. And Kelly. I'm back. Finally back. Yay. Woo. It sounded like you said, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. It's a muck. I'm so it. far removed from Halloween, I don't remember how to play my Sarah Sanderson <laughs> character. A muck, a muck. So I get confused. A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. It makes me think of that um, Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how's everyone doing today? Is it actually called Final Fantasy Crisis Core <laughs> Reunion? Is that the right one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jesse's buying it right now, guys. Wow. Jesse is focused on a video For what game. System Switch. Oh, James Crisis Core. The, yeah, I sorry. I, I buy I all the Final Fantasy ones. So. I forgot yeah. that you have Switch. So I, I kept all things Nintendo when Chris Then you moved can out. play Crisis Core, but, but you can't, I can't play, play the remake. <laughs> and I'm so mad about that because for years as they were designing it, they kept saying it was going to be on Switch. It was going to be on Switch. Even after they released it on PlayStation and Xbox, they said that for a while. And then all of a sudden, eh, nope. Never yeah. mind. Well, I think... We take it back. I think because... It's like so it's like very much next gen console is how they're building it and the Switch can't yeah. handle that capacity. Mm. So And I mean the graphics are insane. Like it's it's yeah. a, it's really really cool to see the world reimagined and I'm kind of glad. I know that it's it's prohibitive for some people to get in. Is that the right word? Cost prohibitive? I don't know. But like it it's a barrier for some people, but it's Cool. It's really cool that they're like investing in doing it in the new systems so that you can have that. And like the frame rate of the, of the PS5 and you can have it and it looks really cool. Oh, yeah, it is totally. really weird because like Square Enix is such a Nintendo company. Yeah. That it is weird that they wouldn't have well, it on Nintendo systems. But they were originally a PlayStation company. Yeah, but they do a lot of shit with Nintendo now. Yeah. I mean, they... But they do it with yeah. other, the other companies They're as well. They're everywhere. They're, They're everywhere. the biggest... <laughs> I'm going to put a stop on the video game conversation yes, now, please. though, because we'll have to, we need to save this content for our, our new podcast on <laughs> Studio D. 
All right. But that was that was riveting. I just want to say <laughs> it was riveting. Um, and that's all you the- forgot to hold up an S. <laughs> Sorry. That <laughs> riveting. <was> riveting. <laughs> all right. So anybody else? I want to show Kelly my nails. Ooh, she turned me on to fun nail stuff. So I'm so hard on my nails that this lovely hello is the best thing ever for me because mm-hmm. I don't feel guilty if I redo my nails every single week mm-hmm. because I scratch like I itch all the time. And with my psoriasis on my head, like I'm always scratching. And after a week, you can start to see mm-hmm. it rubbing off the ends of my nails. So I gave myself a budget. I get to spend $20 every month to buy what I like. And then I can change them as often as I want because I had nothing's more than four dollars and you get two and then if you think about the fact you get two out of it yeah it was only two dollars i know this has been a happy thought of mine on this podcast before with these specific (laughs) nails because they're pretty amazing i'm glad we're not doing happy thoughts anymore because i should have saved that for that Thank you. I like those. I haven't. I've been meaning to do mine, but I've been working so much on my story that I haven't redone mine since I pulled them off the other day. Speaking of your story, should we get into yeah. it? Is it time? Let's talk that about really stories. Cool. All right. So that's Kelly that's telling the story this week. Because I uh, haven't been here since December, yeah, beginning yay. of December. So when I came back, I said, it's my turn to tell a story. <laughs> yeah. And, and guess excited. what? I wanted so badly to tell a story that I'm telling two. And you're getting two episodes back to back with me. Well, nice. It's, it's kind of one story. It's a two-parter. That's what I mean. In case you guys You're missed her. two hours of Kelly. Yep. In yep. case you guys missed her in her long absence, now you get two episodes back to back. That's right. And it's about a pretty messed up topic because that's what we that's do what here. That's what we do. But it's also kind of, kind of a, an interesting topic. I think I'm excited. We are going to talk about the dark side of the unregulated self-help industry. Oh, mm. shit. I've been a contributor to that probably. <laughs> to the dark side or to, Just the, to the self-help to industry? To the self-help industry. Yeah. I've bought a lot of books. I don't yeah. know why, but since you paused after you said dark side, I just thought, of the moon. Yes. We're wow. looking at the dark side Is, of the moon. I mean, it would go the together. unregulated self-help industry lives. <laughs> I mean, it would go together. Pink Floyd, Teal Swan. I mean. They're similar. Um weird color Actually, names similar oh okay they i was like why, why pink and teal, <laughs> and teal. Okay. yeah so that was jesse letting you know that our part one topic is going to be teal swan <sighs> i don't know what that is yeah topic Me of part one conversation so part two will cover some other things the broader the broader thing is just looking at uh, the self-help industry And so it was kind of hard for me to figure out like what to even call it, the self-help industry, because what we're talking about here, let me give you some context. What we're talking about here doesn't feel like self-help because (laughs) we're talking about the people who are guiding others in spiritual, healing, financial like journeys. But it is generally referred to as the self-help industry, and that's what I'm going to kind of call it because of the ideas that these are like guides or gurus or leaders in helping you help yourself. And they're so kind of like spiritual armchair psychologists. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. That's, so again, back to Teal Swan, everyone. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Okay. 
pyramid scheme cult things. Yeah, a little bit. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, actually, because I was trying to think, like, how to frame this. And I... um, I'm going to shy like that is absolutely a part of this context is like the pyramidal schemes that a lot of these kind of operate under. And then there's always the question, like, what makes something a cult? And I think I'm going to shy away from some of that conversation. But I do did want to provide that kind of context, because I think that what we're talking about today is going to be nuanced and kind of in like the, you know, um, where where we cross that blurred line from helping to harming. Mm. And in my mind, whether you call it a cult or not, there can still be harm. So I think yeah. we won't get into the nuts and bolts of, is this a cult? Is this a cult? Because that seems to be what a lot of people want to do right now. Is mm-hmm. Teal Swan leading a cult? Is this thing a cult? And I'm saying, I don't, I don't care. Mm. I'm going to care. <laughs> but I'm saying it still can cause harm under the guise of being helpful and healing right it's really not the point it's, whether yes. it's a cult or not isn't the issue yeah. right we why do we have to label it is this thing bad that's happening yeah, like, yeah. exactly why can't we just say that is this not good yeah is, is how many people is this harming and so that's what we're really going to look at and the ones that i'm looking at are less pyramidal but that's definitely a component that we'll get into a little bit think i've ever heard the word pyramidal because it may I not like be a word it. jess i don't know <laughs> I it like is it. now oh, i was totally yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt you should have rode with it like yeah no, i'm listen. so smart <laughs> look at my vocabulary if you say things with confidence mm-hmm. then people will believe you so teal swan everyone <laughs> let's jump in Very good. <laughs> Oh, I did have one other. Y'all, I'm going to spend like 30 minutes talking about the context of my story, but you're all going to be sitting there being like, okay, who the frick is Teal Swan, Kelly? And I'm just going to keep talking. But one other contextual thing I did want to say is that I do think we're, you know, this is effed up family story time. There's some effed up stuff, but we would have to recognize that the self-help industry, like most things in the world, is both good and bad. And so this isn't necessarily black and white. And that's, again, like I said, we're going to be in that nuance of like good people can cause harm. And sometimes bad ideas can provide some relief and some healing and happiness. And so it's not about villainizing the whole industry. It's really about digging into the nitty gritty and talking about that, like when people go too far or when people start to prioritize their own ego or their or greed over the wellness of other human beings. So that's the context of what we're talking about today. And part one is Teal Swan. Okay. Cool. So if you're unfamiliar with Teal Swan, how many times can I say her name before I tell you who she is? And all the controversy that surrounds her. I do want to give a brief trigger warning for talk about suicide and trauma in general. And I'll give another trigger warning right before the suicide talk if you want to just skip ahead a little bit. Because we talk about fucked up shit on this podcast all the time. But suicide's not something to joke about. So just want to make sure everyone's there. So who is Teal Swan? Who is Teal Swan, Kelly? (laughs) What else can I say to delay this? But no, we're, we're there. She's an American spiritual leader spiritual healer, spiritual catalyst, as she has been described by herself and others. She started as a YouTuber and a small-time author, and then her videos and her teachings on spiritualism and healing became extremely popular. She now has hundreds of videos, multiple books published, and she has this large company that offers a variety of resources and ways to access her teachings on spiritualism and healing. Uh, So if we're going to talk about Teal, we have to get this out of the way. She is physically gorgeous. (laughs) She has long, dark hair and beautiful green eyes. She's fit. She's tall. She's in the like prime of her life. She's about 38 right now um, at the time of this recording. 
She speaks with confidence with this like rich voice. It's kind of it almost sounds artificially deep, kind of like an Elizabeth Holmes situation. But like, I don't think it's artificial. I think it's real. And it's much more captivating than Elizabeth Holmes. Who's Elizabeth Holmes? She is the um, she was she created the company Theranos that was supposed to do all of this like medical testing and blood testing with like way, way less blood needed. And so it was supposed to like change the medical like field and it was all bullshit. She Uh. didn't have the tech to back it up or the science to back it up. So she just kind of put on this, like she was obsessed with Steve jobs. She put on this like personality and it included her like lowering her voice where she would suddenly be talking like this. And she, I mean, I don't think she ever admitted that she lowered her voice, but there's actual video of her from back in the day of having like a normal voice. And then she affected this kind of talk because it made her seem serious. And, and it was just all kind of a, a fraud, but it was, what'd you say? I said, I'd think it might, would make her seem pretentious. But. And, it, and it did, but it also like, I mean, she was like on in Forbes at one point because yeah. everyone it's, believed her and thought, oh, you're going to change the medical field until it all came out that you don't have the tech, you can't actually do this and you've defrauded that, tons of investors and all sorts of things. Is that sure. that did they make a show about her on Net, on Hulu? Yes, yes. it has okay. Amanda Siegfried in it. And she I had to watched it, lower but her I've voice. seen the thing there's a great clip of her so they went all out saying like yeah it's entirely a fake voice in in that thing like i'm not gonna claim it is or isn't but they went all out and there's a whole there's a scene of like her in front of the mirror like practicing and like lowering her voice and saying it over and over again and stuff it's really funny anyway i didn't realize that that was a reference people wouldn't get so now i'm glad that our reader (laughs) a listener at home also has that but teal swan she has this like dip deep rich voice reach but it doesn't seem artificial it's just really captivating she's just she's just very pretty and very gorgeous <laughs> and just a lovely physical specimen and i feel like that has to be spe- like that has to be said up front yeah okay so teal swan's mission now that we all know that she's dropped dead gorgeous <laughs> Uh, is uh, this is from her website is the transformation of human suffering to an empowered and authentic life. She works toward this through what she calls the completion process, which is basically trauma work. She is guiding people to dig deep into their past experiences to understand their trauma and to heal. I is she a trained professional? That's a really good question, Hannah. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot to tell you, I kind of wrote this in like the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of way. Mm. So I'm going through like the the good, like setting the stage of like what Teal Swan is good. And then we'll get to the bad and the ugly. Okay. I forgot to tell you that. (laughs) I watched this clip for work that's the still face experiment and he was talking about good the bad and the ugly and i just had it stuck in my head all my all week i was like well i'm that's how i'm framing all of my story all right so she says her deepest intention is to set people free to make people aware and conscious so that with that awareness they can begin to heal and live deeply meaningful integrated and empowered lives nice yeah really sounds nice she says she's qualified to do this Kind of answers your question, but doesn't, Hannah, because she was born with a range of extrasensory abilities, including clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience. Oh, okay. Now, some of you may already know, I'm just going to tell you, this is the best joke you will hear all day long. <laughs> it, like, does... We're going <laughs> to... If you announce it, it like... Yep, yep, yep. 
Some of you may already know, but let's clarify the Claire senses. <laughs> Jokes also work better if you can keep from laughing until you finish. Oh my God. I typed ha ha ha. It's <laughs> Now that's funny. All right. Okay. I once had a note in my notes that said, "Say something witty here." <laughs> <sighs> okay, so uh, the Claire senses. I I used the website Mr. Sense to give me this information. Clairvoyance is clear seeing, mm-hmm. or the conjuring of clear mental pictures that ca- cast light on seemingly unanswerable questions. It is often referred to as the third eye. It is the most prolific and most well-known of the Claire senses. Who's Claire? <laughs> she's a I'm she's sorry. a voyeur. She pierced, pierced my ears when I was. <laughs> she was actually there when you went to Claire's. The Claire. Yeah. <laughs> the Claire. That's amazing. Assuming. All right, Claire audience is the ability to receive sounds and messages inaudible to the wider world. So, like, clairvoyance is, like, seeing. Clairaudience is kind of, like, hearing or receiving in that kind of context. Clairsentience is, like, the clear feeling. That refers to the gut feelings or intuitive feelings that we all have. But for someone with clairsentience, they're significant and overwhelmingly clear. Since that's the hardest one to prove, that's the one I have. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all have that one. I think so. It's, it's It's called empathy? And tell me I don't. Yeah, and, and like, instinct. And like instinct, like in like trigger response based on our experiences. Yeah. Like, like phys- I heard a noise in the bush, I'm gonna run away. Yeah, that's called stress response. It could also be I'm getting a really good feeling about this person I just met, and I feel like we're gonna be connected right. and be best friends forever. It's like your instincts, and some yeah. people have more enhanced instincts than other. And I, I could argue if we're gonna go a more scientific route that you could say that like it's how in tune you are with your body and all of that is just your body um, triggering you based off your past experiences, whether good or bad, to trigger you in terms of what to expect for this experience. And, you know, different people yeah. listen to their body better than other people. And so that's where. But I'm I'm here for this. Let's I go just, into it. Let's I say, just want to say it's a, a clear sentience. I just want to say I'm impressed with the Claire world that they used like actually related root words to describe it and not just some mumbo jumbo stuff. Yeah, And they actually like, say voyance, that, voyeur. Yep. It's from Audi- French. Audio, yep. You know. And they actually have all five senses, or five senses, Claire senses, um, inter- and they each relate to different things. So there's Can also be- one on touch, and there's also one on smell. But what's interesting is that there's actually far, far more than five senses. And oh, they you were right, Jess. So Claire close. Ol- Claire olfaction olfactory. is clear. Yeah, is clear smelling. Well, did you know that there are seven and actually possibly eight sensory systems, not just five senses? Yeah, I've heard about that. So maybe the Claire senses need to update themselves to have, like, <laughs> Claire proprioception or something. <laughs> anyway. I don't even know what that means. Uh, proprioception is, like, uh, your um, uh, body in... Hold on, I'm trying to remember. Vestibular is, like, your body in space, and it's, like, movement and how your body is in space. And proprioception is, like pressure on your body and like your physical I don't know I can't so, find the words but like like if I'm going to stimulate your proprioception you like you, I'm or I'm not going to do it to you if you're going to do it you might like go into like a body sock or someplace that's like kind of tight and small and like kind of pulls on your body or you might yeah you might do compression stuff anyway the point is that teal 
was born, she says she was born with these extrasensory abilities, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience. I don't like that they call it clairaudience. I don't know why. It's a little weird. She also says that these extrasensory abilities led her to be targeted as a victim of abuse. So Teal claims that she survived 13 years of physical, mental, and sexual abuse before escaping her abuser at age 19 and beginning her own process of recovery and transformation. That is an interesting thought because, like, it is shown that people who have experienced abuse before are more susceptible to abuse in the future. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, thinking that, like, your p- potential clear sensory, yeah, like, that that could be a contributing factor. Interesting. So she, or she's just, like, saying heightened empathy is that's a contributing factor to being susceptible to abuse. And she, I'll tell you what she says, like, her wording on why she... Well, I guess her wording on why she thinks this combination of her experience and her extrasensory abilities help her to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really speak to like why her extrasensory abilities would lead her to be a victim of of abuse so much. And I don't really know. I have something kind of mean to say, but I can't stop myself. If she was clairvoyant, shouldn't she have seen it coming? And she would say that's not how it works. Or that there are certain things that she might know are a part of her journey that she has to experience. Uh, For me, it just kind of goes to her credibility. But well, and that we're kind of I feel very bad for her that that. she was abused. I this I'm not my comment at all has nothing to do with that she was abused. But it's just like when you are trying to believe someone who says they have these like extrasensory abilities, it, it kind of makes you, you can, wonder yeah. about their credibility. That's all. And I, I would just say at this point in the story, I would say that she would say that, um, one, it doesn't necessarily work that way. I'm sure I'm guessing she would say that it doesn't really work that way to be able. But she does say that she has this just awareness of the universe, but she needs to have experiences here on Earth that help to ground her in that. So she would say that that's a part of her journey. I will say that her her claims of abuse are are wild and very, very graphic and absolutely horrifying. And I will not share any of those claims of abuse on this podcast. I will say that many people question the validity of her claims because of the outlandish and frankly illogical nature of her stories. And also some people have personal experience of growing up with her and growing up in the same area. And they say those claims aren't real. However, for now I'm not getting into denying claims of of abuse and it, Oh, I also say, sorry, there's one more line I forgot to read. Her abuse has also never been substantiated and charges have never been filed, even though she's named who the individual was who abused her. But again, we're just going to accept that for now at this point. How and how old was she when all this happened? She claims that she started at six. See, and it went for 13 years. See, to me, that could explain why someone might have illogical stories because they're trying to make sense of it as a kid. Yeah, they don't know what's happening. And it doesn't mean that she it doesn't mean that as they get older, they can organize that memory in a different way that actually makes sense well, now, sure. you know also, what I mean? So the if you if she was abused at a younger age and then as she grew up she like thought she had mm-hmm. this kind of like clairvoyance, clairaudience and all of that, that sounds like a trauma response to me. Yeah. Because when yeah. you have been traumatized for a long like prolonged amounts of time or even just like having one big trauma that you experience that changes the way that your body reacts to things and you have a trauma response where you are more aware of your surroundings you're more aware of your body 
because no. your body doesn't want to allow that to happen again. Right. It's exactly that science that I was talking yeah. about that can kind of explain some of these like feelings of that. It's just how in touch you are with your body, how how trained you are at listening to your body and how your body is responding based on your experiences, which mm-hmm. could be based on traumatic experiences right. that heighten the way that your body is responding. Well, if you were already a more sensitive person, because I do think that people vary in how sensitive and yeah. I could totally see a traumatic event, especially a long, you know, span over many years, which it sounds like it was for her, how if you were already sensitive, you would it would make you even more sensitive. Yeah. And I could imagine that it would be to whatever you were experiencing when it happens. So if you got dirt in your mouth, you might have a heightened sense of taste. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and I I don't she doesn't really draw that connection because I think she wants to rely on this being like a a, a sense that she uh, a gift that she's been given like an ability mm. she's been given. So I don't think she draws the connection between how her traumas could actually contribute to a heightened well, sense, but I agree with you that in terms even, of how it well, works. Well, she says that she had it before this started though too. Yeah, so. she says that's what made her a, a prime victim. I guess. I don't know who else, but I don't fucking remember when I was five, so I would have no idea if I had any clairvoyance at five years old. That's true. But she's all knowing, Hannah, so she does know. She does know. And if you experience trauma at five, you might more clearly have memories from that age. But I do want to get into, to kind of follow up on a couple other things that we're saying. I want to share her quote on, like, why she claims that her history of trauma and her clair clear senses allow her to do the work she does now because she says here's her quote without the abuse and suffering i experienced i would be someone who could give you a lot of esoteric information about the universe at large and this is because of her clear senses that she has but who would have no real grasp on the reality of human suffering or how to heal it i would have only had half of the picture of human existence the gift of my own suffering is that i now have the full picture of human existence let's restate that that's what she's saying she has the full picture of human existence and that has drastically changed both what i teach and the way i teach it not this white woman saying that she is the full image of human experience yep, <laughs> yep. I'm, i i will say right now we're not even going to get into the racial issues oh. of this woman but they are there they are there well and she's putting all the humans in a box nobody yeah. experiences humanity the same way or the human existence and because someone doesn't face trauma it doesn't make their experience as a human yeah. less what than... she's trying to say that i if i really want to lean in and listen to her sexy voice that i can believe <laughs> is that you know she's saying i have this big picture because i'm so aware of the universe and how the universe works but i had to have some experience that anchored me here on earth and tied me to human suffering to yeah. bring that focus down to a narrow lens Where, the where's my knowledge of the universe then <laughs> but you don't have the clear senses you don't have that knowledge of the universe i just want to say that's a fairly similar story to jesus christ mm-hmm. being put on earth yeah the form of god but having to experience the human existence Mm -hmm. to really understand the suffering you're saying that teal swan didn't invent these concepts yeah (laughs) she's not the first similar who might have had these does she think she's a prophet she doesn't think of it in that way but we'll talk more about what she thinks she is. But the, but, she, but she the, thinks you, she's some things. For but sure. the universe put her here. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll talk. Did about it? The, it. I mean, to be fair, didn't the universe put all of us here? So true. There was a little more direction for her, and I believe there was a committee, possibly. So we're gonna get to that later. Oh my god, we're I jumping, can't wait. We're jumping. Let's just really talk about what her approach is and her thought process is. So she describes her approach as focusing on healing rather than just numbing or providing relief which she says is what the rest of the mental health field focuses on. So the mental health field focuses on numbing and providing relief. She focuses on healing. I wish my therapist would get that memo. <laughs> Make me feel better. Stop telling me to do the work. Make me feel better. Right. She says that the mental health field is treating symptomology, which is not the same as healing, or the medical field as a whole. There's possibly some truth there. I'm seeing nods around the yeah. table. So we're digging into the truth there. She believes that when you are in a moment of trauma or like triggered by trauma, instead of popping out and dissociating, you need to pop back in and re-experience the event, but with your own free will. She says this isn't re-traumatizing because the person goes in with their free will with the intention of creating some type of positive result. So she's not, at first I thought you were saying that during the trauma, you have to pop back in. But she's actually saying you have to revisit it later under your own control. Yeah, that was her language, and I should have explained that better. She is saying that in order to treat, to heal, to not treat okay. the symptomology. So that's where we're at. Like, she's saying instead of just me giving you relief and me giving you um, feeling, uh, uh, like, numbing you, numbing you, she calls it, like, Novocaine, instead of me just numbing you and treating the symptom, we are going to do healing. To do that, when you experience that trigger... Uh, then you need to go deep into that traumatic experience to re-experience it. But with you, you bring your own free will so that you can have a positive result at the end. I don't know if I have it in here somewhere, but I want to say it now. So I'm just going to say it off the cuff. This isn't that dissimilar from some work that psychologists do. in yeah, going right. in to deeply experience and re-experience your trauma in safe spaces. Or and there's actually a lot about... So like for young children, I can say, for example, children um, will it's it's very common for all of us to kind of get in the cycle of telling our story like that's how we heal. So we'll tell our story or a traumatic story for children that will come out and play a lot of the time. So they'll mm -hmm. reenact it. They'll reenact a trauma in play um, or with like toys or something like or that. Or drawings. And, and like a, one way that psychologists and psychiatrists and might help in that is for them to then draw or reenact in a way that ends in a more positive conclusion. So like there is work like this happening. I speak it from my experience at a, a young child level, but like there are people who are supporting well, individuals as, as they go through and process their trauma because they do think in our medical well, profession right now, they do think that we cannot just numb the trauma. We have to address it and we have to heal it. So she's like, not that far off from some work. I mean, that's that's what maybe if you see a psychiatrist who focuses on managing your meds. Yeah. But if you go and see therapists and counselors, they always want you to dig in and figure it out. And they even yeah. do. I've even run across therapists that do like art therapy with adults, you know, Um also, there's therapeutic hypnosis like that's, you know, whether you believe in hypnosis or not, it's whatever they do. It's a journey through that trauma with a professional. You yeah. know what I mean? I, yeah. I think it's funny that she is that that Teal Swan is like so thinks she's so far ahead or so different from 
yeah. medical professionals, but it's like you're yes. just kind of doing the same thing, but without yeah. the qualifications. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what's really interesting. mystical. Yeah. And, yeah. That's what's really interesting is that it's this combination of like, yeah, you're building on work of like of psychologists for years and years and you're echoing some of the things that are being said right now in trauma work. And also there's some issues here with how you're doing it. So, but let me just get through the, some of the things that she has. She has these things called retreats, um, like her curveball retreats that are week long where she does this type of trauma work, um, like really directly, like, like digging in and having those moments and having those experiences. She also holds what she calls synchronization workshops. And these are where she calls people up onto a stage in front of a huge audience to talk through their issues in that space. So they don't necessarily go deep into the re-experiencing trauma, but she's answering their questions and talking. In this format, she visualizes the vibrations of the audience until she sees someone light up, which indicates that their question or issue is going to be the most applicable or relatable to the larger group because she's talking with individual people, but she finds the like common issue of the group so that everyone is connected and everyone can benefit from that. And then she answers the question of that individual and and vicariously the questions of the whole group. So when she's looking for those vibrations and looks for someone who lights up, it's kind of similar to like reading auras. Is yeah, she, okay. she reads auras, but that's how okay. she describes it is looking and for the vibrations. Two, why are they called curveball retreats? I don't know. I didn't look at that. That's just <laughs> moving on. That just, that just stuck out to me like curveball. I don't know. I don't know, okay. I don't know why. I did. In that's a, fine. In addition <laughs> to the in-person events. Sorry, I wish I had an answer, but I'm just going to gloss right over it. <laughs> in addition to the in-person events, Teal also has a ton of online content she has hundreds of hours of spiritual talk on her YouTube channel where most people find her in her videos. Damn, y'all. She like stares intently at the camera and she like draws you in with her eyes and her voice. It's like it's 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 yeah, captivating. Hitler it's captivating. was really charismatic, too. Right. So. <laughs> Another thing we won't talk about is her views on Hitler. But never mind. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> that can only mean she supports him if we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I shouldn't have said we're not going to talk about it. So now in the second half, I will look up that quote on Hitler because I feel like we oh, no. have to talk about it I'm now. I'm just like, if we're like, anyway. we're not going to talk about what she thinks of Hitler, that usually means it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to try and wrap up. I'm sorry I'm going really fast, but I'm trying to get to the end so we get to break here. So... I want to just tell you a few of the things that I heard and saw in some of the videos that I watched because she has a few like lovely gems of advice in there that she says with her super sexy voice. Like, I think Kelly has a crush on her. I totally <laughs> do. I totally do. So and, here's one quote. Until she talks. Yeah, until I hear the words. So here's one quote that I love. She says, there is not one person who has nothing to teach you. I don't like the grammar of that, but like, absolutely. So like she's... It sounds like there's some humility there that she's coming forward and saying, I can learn from anyone. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you the quote that preceded that until later because that fits into the bad section. But there's some (laughs) some beauty there. Uh, Another one. And this one is actually really powerful. And a lot of people like carry this with them. And I kind of might make it my own mantra as well. (laughs) And this one is what would someone who loves themselves do? Oh, Yeah, like, so when you're going through your day and you're challenged and you're struggling, stopping and saying, like, would someone who loves themselves do that? 
That's, that's, that's nice. kind no. of a nice one. Right? And then my I say, well, I don't no. love myself and I do the bad thing anyways. <laughs> I was going to say, the only problem is that I've known I don't love myself for a long yeah, time exactly. and that's why I'm in therapy. And I, I've accepted I'd be like, it. well, that that's not you. So <laughs> like there's. But it's still, it's still, there's some niceness in I that. I know, because yeah. that's yeah. what, would someone that. who loves himself do this? Nope. But uh, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. So to wrap us up before we go into break, I'll also just mention that she does include under all of her videos on her website she includes a link to a page of resources and phone numbers for people if they need help that includes the suicide hotline phone number suicide for prevention hotline and she also has a long disclaimer on all of her videos probably because she has a really good lawyer but you know (laughs) she's setting things up with in a way that seems like she wants to make sure people get the help they need she doesn't want people to just blindly follow her advice she says you know if things don't resonate for you then you know go wherever and she has some of these like little nuggets of of like work that aligns with with modern trauma work and also of just like kind of like beautiful little mantras and affirmations and things so and it so almost seems like she genuinely wants right. to help people. It, it can, if that's the color of lens you put on your glasses. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that, that's where we'll start, is just kind of like what... what. So far, it sounds like her intentions are pure. Potentially. Based on what you've told so yeah. far. Like, yeah. she wants to help people, but... And that's what... The other thing I'll say, she has thousands, tens upon thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of followers who genuinely say she has helped me. She yeah. has helped me. She has changed my life. She has saved my life. So I mean, I good guess for that's her. cool. At this point, I say that's cool. Yeah, I, let's just leave it there for now. I let's can't take wait to see what's effed up coming next. Leave it on the table. Yeah. yeah. Woo! What are you doing? I don't know. I have ADHD. Hey, little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're ffsthepodcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at E-F-F-E-D up storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. Get up later. Yeah, we got shit to do, y'all. We got to heal ourselves from our inner trauma. I don't want (laughs) to. Just numb me, please. I like some of that Novocaine you mentioned earlier. I watched this one video of hers and she was like, it was actually really funny. This girl I identified. So this girl came up on her synchronization, like workshop stage and um, they were like talking about her shit and she's saying this and that. And Teal was like, "Um, well, you need to do this. And then she was like, I can tell you what that moment was for me. And so then she goes into this long story about herself, blah, blah, blah. And she talks about she tried therapy and she tried this and then blah, blah, blah. And then if she came out of it, the girl was like, so, like, what type of therapy did you try? Like, asking for herself. Like, cause, like, I don't know that that would work for me. And it just felt like she completely missed the whole point. But I loved it because I was kind of like, I'm there with you. Like, just this whole, like, you're just talking about yourself. And then, like, right. circle back. <laughs> Tell me what this has to do with me. It didn't. That doesn't seem like something that 
would help someone heal just talking about yourself. So I mean, I could see if she's like her again. I don't like to defend her, but she like she's like I can. She said you need to do X Y Z, and then she's and the girl was kind of like how, and she said, well, you need to find that, but I can tell you what that was like for me. And then she told her story. I could see it being helpful, and it was funny because it everyone in the audience kind of laughed because it was just like it was both the girl missing the point and also the girl being kind of spot on and like but I mean, tell me what I need to do or yeah. but I mean kind of not spot on because that's not the work is someone else telling you what you need to do but, the work is figuring it out yourself but maybe she didn't miss the point but really just didn't care because she wanted more direct guidance of <laughs> yeah and there are so many people and I think that that's something we'll get into in this episode and the next episode that there are just so many people who desperately want guidance yeah. like who desperately want someone to tell me make my pain go away how do i make my pain like, go away at this point i'm not seeing she's so horrible i'm seeing that she's just a a person that's trying to help with her method she thinks i'm making right. you think for yourself today yeah. i will say maybe it's because you brought it to us in the context of this so we know something bad yeah. is going to happen yeah, yeah but yeah. right off the bat Trying to help people with their trauma without being like a trauma informed psychiatrist never really ends well. <laughs> hey man, that's that's it. Let's go. That is exactly yeah. where we are going. Wait, so okay. I'm sorry I drew this out for so long, but let's get into the bad of the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so let's jump into the bad with exactly where Hannah um was starting and exactly what I've been like teasing and not giving you this entire time. Teal Swan does not have any degree, license, certification, recognized training, or even a named like mentor or guide who helped provide her with the um, knowledge and skills to be able to do the work she does. She probably took one Psych 101 class in college and was like, I'm a professional. I can do this. <laughs> like, or or traveled to even. Tibet and met yeah. one, what, one monk there and she's like, oh, I'm done now. And I would say not even. Like oh, she no. hasn't even done any of that. But wait, she, she doesn't have to because she already understands exactly. the universe. She claims that her abilities and experiences make her more advanced than anyone else. So she doesn't need these things. She has a quote because she gets it a lot where people say, like, do you have any do you have a PhD? And she says, no, but I train people who do or like, but people who do have taken my courses or something like that. So she's just trying to say like, I am above everyone. I want proof that yeah. I don't need any of that. That somebody with a PhD went to one of her courses oh, for some for yeah. something other than to defraud her. No, they're there. No, she I actually has it, actually. one clinical psychologist who's been with her for a long time. And he seems like such a, I don't want to I'm going to say the word and I already hate that I'm saying it, but he seems like a quack. Like he just seems like he has the degree, but he has no, like he does, he's just spouting bullshit. And he has said like, Tula's changed my life and blah, 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 blah. And she's amazing. And she has such a greater understanding of the world. And there are others and it's gross. Well, and even like there are some psychologists, some psychiatrists who are, have that certification, but are not trauma informed. Like yeah. I know so many people who went to therapists specifically to help heal their trauma. And it was made worse by the psychiatrist not understanding not knowing how trauma informed yeah. 
yeah. like responses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why you have and to find one who has that listed as yeah. and especially area. the trauma work. I would say that like I don't I don't know what preparation programs are like these days or like what they have to go through to become a clinical psychologist these days, but my sense, which is like totally accurate, I'm sure. <laughs> my sense is that like especially older um people in the profession we just didn't know enough about trauma so younger people i actually think that a part of their program is going to involve some of that knowledge that we now know but if you're older and you didn't go through that you have to be and no matter when you got your degree you have to be updating your information and Mm -hmm. updating your certificates or updating your knowledge base it's an ongoing thing in any kind of medicine whether it's you know psychological or psychology sorry, psychology, or if it's like the body, Mm -hmm. that you have to continue to go to classes, you have to learn new techniques, you have to learn, like, new, read new studies and and things. I wanted to say one other thing, though, why I initially have a hand raised. Yeah, sorry. Um, I just want to say before we get really into the bad, that I don't want to poo poo anybody's personal experience on their self help journey. And we haven't heard the bad yet. But she doesn't sound like she touts herself as somebody who has these things. She states herself, I don't have a degree, I don't have any of this. And so people then knowingly go in and place their trust in her. And I'm sorry, there are some people that do benefit from that. Well, and that's, so kind of, that's why I wanted why, to present it that way. I can yeah. see yeah. why people with PhDs are some of her clients, well, and maybe they actually were helped. Maybe maybe Teal Swan did save this guy's life. You know, who knows? But it comes to that point that when you take on too much responsibility, that you don't have the skills to handle. But at this yes. point, I'm not seeing that because it's all your choice. She doesn't make you do it, and she doesn't lie to you and say, "I have a degree." Yeah, I it's would your be, choice for sure. You know, sorry. That's yeah, just... no, I completely agree with you, and that's why I wanted to present it in this way because I'm going to villainize her. Don't you worry. But <laughs> thousands of people have been helped by her, sure. and that can't not be a part of the story. That is my whole point. The world is not black and white. This is a nuanced discussion. It's just it's it, to me. It feels very similar to like. <laughs> on a smaller scale to like the Miss Cleo thing. Like nobody forced these people to believe that she was a psychic, right? The big defrauding they had was when they sent them to random people and had them pretending to be, they were psychic, but anyway, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, but it's the same idea. Like, some of the th- people she talked to, she really helped because she facilitated that thought based on their question. I mean, it's the same idea, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I- I'm pretty, I mean, I don't know about Miss Cleo and whether she was psychic or not, but you know, it's yeah, the it's- same, I- it's the same idea. She's got this spiritual awareness. Yeah. And, and some people benefit from that, whether it's true or not. And at this point in the story, I might change my mind later, but I, I want Teal Swan to exist. I just want her to exist at like a Renaissance fair where she's like <laughs> dressed in beautiful garb with her long flowing yeah. hair and she's guiding people through spiritual things. And then you go home and you're like, oh, that was crazy, right? Like maybe your life feels a little better. Maybe it's bullshit. But it's so, like the hypnotists at the Renaissance fair. That's where I want Teal Swan to exist. Would you feel better if she just said she was a psychic and like read tarot cards to help these people to me it's not about what she says or her although we're going to talk about some of the things she thinks she is but 
to me, it's about the the impacts, and that's where we're gonna yeah. villainize her a little bit more. And um, and I'll 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 be honest, we're gonna villainize her like it's happening. Let's all right, well, let's, let's cancel this. Let's bitch. do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start to turn this, everyone. We're gonna turn this. Yes, yes. All right. So we're 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 digging in. In order to understand why she thinks that she is so much above everyone else, we have to talk about some of her additional claims. To be clear, these are not on her website. She doesn't put this out there, but she has been very, I shouldn't say she doesn't put this out there. She doesn't put it on her professional website, but she has stated things in various interviews and videos. So she's not hiding this. This is absolutely her belief and her persona. She's just not putting it forefront in terms of what you see when you, when you first access her. In addition to her claims of being born with extrasensory abilities, she has claimed that she is a multidimensional Arcturian alien with x-ray vision and hearing. I was oh. waiting for that. I was waiting for her to be an alien. When you kept talking about, they put her on Earth. And I'm like, oh my Jessica, God, I didn't is she an alien? She actually says this. I didn't write this down, so I'm just remembering it. But she says that she, um, when they were deciding that she was going to come to Earth, there was like a six-person committee deciding <laughs> on like the body she was going to be in because they knew it was going to hold power for her because she knows how beautiful she is and she knows how and she sexualizes herself and she knows how that is a part of her appeal so she just comes out and says it that the aliens chose her and chose this body for her and like crafted this body for her so she could use it in her work when she's here on earth talk about pretty privilege i know right (laughs) was she involved in this committee or does she just know about what they did for her? Um, unclear to me. I'm not entirely sure where she, like her consciousness was as she was being determined. As it was being determined, because okay. she know. acts like she know knew she knows where she came from. Is the way that sounds. However, here let's go deeper. She says, um, "I'm trying to remember because I didn't write this down either." She says that she is part of like she knows of like eleven other. Arcturian aliens who are on the planet and she's part of like she called it like a green peace in quotes party like kind of like because they're green normally so that's like their role their role is to like come down and they kind of like work together to like better the world I think she said this is off the top of my head she she knows of 11 but she says there's like up to 200 Arcturian aliens on the planet I mean we are gonna not gonna we are the first to acknowledge there are things in this world we don't understand on this podcast and things outside of this world we don't understand yes and I will, yeah, nice, Jess. I will continue to say it's not even about her claims. It's about what she does with it. Yeah, exactly. That's what this story yeah. is. I don't no, care I if somebody yeah, wants I to think they're an alien. Who knows? Who knows what could be? Like, this could all be completely real. So whether or not the like she actually is an alien, I don't know. She claims that because of her alien abilities, in addition to having her extrasensory abilities, she also has a higher intelligence and a higher overall level of consciousness. So she's just a narcissist. She really is, actually. <laughs> Would you like to hear this quote? Yes. This yes. quote, this is what she said before she said those lovely words that I mentioned earlier. Which ones? Because uh, you mentioned I'll, a lot. I know I did. Um, she said that she said there is not one person who has nothing to teach you. Oh, okay. Great that quote, one. right? Before she said that, she said at one of her synchronization workshops, my IQ is so incredibly high that no one else can get near me. Oh, my God. And then she said, <laughs> this was hell when she was young, but she had to do all this work and realize that there is no one person who has nothing to teach you. 
So she's humble, y'all. She has a huge intelligence. She can't control that she has a huge intelligence. <laughs> well, and yeah. she but humbled she says, herself. Everyone is able to teach me something. I yeah. can learn Just something like from Jesus. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Here's so many similarities. Here's like, another one. Like DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. I wouldn't be particularly aware if I wasn't able to recognize the potential of someone having more awareness than me. I have never met him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) She then gets combative and angry if one of her followers challenges this idea or maybe asks about how she learned where what she knows, or maybe wonders why she doesn't herself have a mentor or a person to look up to. She gets combated. How and dare says, you question? Why would like her her literal words are like, if you have the person who's the best in the world at running, why would you ask them who who they learned to run from or something stupid like that? Like <laughs> somebody she just taught them. Literally thinks that she is ab- so and it's kind cool. of like the best person in the world at running has a coach. I promise you. Like when you <laughs> Like, but she says like she is absolutely the best in the world ever so why would she ever need to look up to anyone else? so then did she send herself here because this committee i felt like so are they not above her because they she says or did she, she says, say i'm going down there you guys pick me a body because nobody's she, above me she might be referring to on this earth but she literally says there is no one above me like those are her Jesus. words there's she's no one above jesus me. she's god um, so well, yeah, she, I mean, I mean, she depending uses on who words you to describe to, herself. Jesus is God, but I yeah. mean, that's I mean, she, he's but he's still younger than the regular God. Well, they're all one. No, I'm Jesus just, and God and the Holy Spirit are all one. No, they're, that, all the they're a trinity. They make a triangle and they make like okay. the triforce. <laughs> like the triforce. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh-huh. she is her own triforce. The holy triforce. <laughs> All, all three in one. She does use language that implies that she thinks that she's God. And one of her followers in this one documentary even just like came out and said, like, I think she's Jesus. <laughs> she's oh, like, my, oh God. my God. All right. So despite I, <sighs> let's start talking about why. Why? The, so she claims this stuff. Maybe it's real. Right. Maybe it's real. Let's talk about why it's not real. Yeah. Let's not piss her off in case she <laughs> yeah. is God. So Teal, just, you're awesome. <laughs> I, I thought actually a lot about that. I was like, I'm doing a story on people who are still. A, like alive and and like working but then i was like so many people have thrown shade at her like there's no well, way she's gonna come after me yeah. with her psychic power we just follow up all of our disparaging comments with allegedly you should send her that you should send her that okay so She is the smartest person in the whole wide world, according to all these people and herself. But many people claim that she has actually plagiarized most of her content. From the Bible? Uh, No, from actual smart Um, people. So there's a blog out there that's called Teal Swan Exposed. And they list multiple occurrences of like language she has used in her teaching and how it directly matches language of other spiritualists or gurus who came before her. But she never attributes anything Mm -hmm. that she says to anyone. Well, she doesn't have a teacher or a mentor. Because she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. She must have taught them from space. Yeah, it must have been like she was reincarnated before and she already taught them. She did say that she was reincarnated. She used to have a... um, be some some guru from like 100 years ago. So she just believes that she's always known all these things. Uh, she also has a childhood friend who said that she had tons of self-help books as a young person <laughs> that she like poured through, um, which is allegedly where she got the foundations for her teaching. She, of course, will not not say any of that. 
And this would be why in the beginning we were all like, hmm, those ideas, we've heard those mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Those aren't out of like the ordinary. And exactly. Because she stole them Because she stole them. Exactly. And I actually, here's the thing. I don't actually mind that she read these other experts' information because that is what you do in the field. That's how, but you, she, that's how you gain knowledge. That's how you gain knowledge. That's how you expand your understanding. That's how you support other people in your field. But she never credits anyone because she came, claims all of her ideas came to her because she's so intelligent and so aware of the universe and she knows the truth of all things. So my perception, I kind of already touched on this, but I think the way she talks about trauma is not entirely wrong because it overlaps with a lot of what the experts say. But she talks about trauma in a way that is kind of meandering and a little unprecise. And she uses flowery language and you don't necessarily really know what she's talking about sometimes. But this weird combination of her saying things that align with what you know about trauma that make sense and like this confidence that she speaks with. And she has this ability to put words together without stuttering, without saying um, without pausing or without using the wrong words. And then she kind of throws in her large vocabulary and all of this just make you like want to listen to her and make you believe her. And again, I don't have an issue with her doing any of this, but it's dishonest the way that she presents it to share this information as if it only came from her and to not credit other people. I like to use big words. I used to read the dictionary and I know that I will throw a big word into a conversation and it does not mean what I intended it to mean. <laughs> and people, you do it with confidence and they just like, I've had people be like, wow, you have a big co- vocabulary. And I'm like, yeah, I don't use any of the words correctly. Did wrong. you notice? Got and you good. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that the confidence plays a huge role. And using so big Evie words. So you can keep doing because- that and confidence and using those big words that other people don't know because they don't know that's the thing other people don't know they don't know what. or even like like people who have an understanding of trauma she's using the words that i like maybe they do know a little bit yeah and she's she's saying things that like make you think that she knows and she understands so she she is brilliant and evil I mean, but I think brilliant. The, I think there is you know, truth to that fact that she is very yeah. smart. Not that she's like the smartest person ever. She's mostly smart in her manipulation. I don't yeah. actually think she's that smart in terms of her academic knowledge of like trauma and shit. Yeah. But I think she is mostly smart in her manipulation and her business sense and the way that she yeah. like understands how to work people. She is. If you watch these synchronization workshops, she is so good. She pulls someone up on stage and she's like, "Oh well, you need this," and then she guides it this way, and then. And she's able to turn to the audience and be like, see, this is how all of you are connected to this. I knew this was the question that we were going to have to be answering today because this connects to all of you. Right. And like, it's seamless. It's it's, it's like crazy. a magician. It's, it's like a magician. It sounds like those big psychics who would have yes. the big shows and yes. they have those tricks to, she to knows do that. All of them. Yep. Sounds like she used her massive intelligence to learn how to control people rather than actually learn how to help people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the business side of things. Cause like, that's exactly what she did and she's, oh. she's capitalizing on it. Okay. So let's, I shared the mission that is on her website. She has more to say about her life goals than she put on her website. So here's something that was not on her website, but was from 
some source. If if y'all need a source, I have them. Don't worry. I'm not making anything up. It's all alleged. <laughs> Don't sue me. So here's the quote that we have. My intention is to build a company that is so large and so unstoppable that nothing can come up against it. Ew. It will implement many world changes. The investments can be used to lobby or to buy countries. And Ew. then we can start doing these new societies. Ew. I know. She um, also said. It's an alien invasion. Yeah. She also said she wants it to become one of the wealthiest companies in the world, uh, but not just a company. It would become like its own entity, an unstoppable monolith. Oh, she also says fucking um, this part was on her blog that I read. So I know these are specifically her words. We are merely in phase one of the plan to institute positive world change. Uh, the company I have founded will grow to the point where it will rival the corporations that currently exist. It will eventually affect change on a governmental level. I think that was from her blog. Maybe it wasn't. Regardless, those are quotes that she has said. So, you know, government and business working together has always yeah. worked out for us. Yeah. And I would like to Currently point out. working out for us very well oh, in this yeah. country. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to point out that in none of those quotes did she include anything about wanting to end the suffering of, like, people. Like, oh, no, never. She, I mean, she does say, like building new societies so like presumably she wants those to be positive societies but, but like she doesn't she's just, say that no but she building doesn't. new societies does not address the individual people right. and the problems yeah. and the trauma so her language on shit. her website is super flowery and pretty about wanting to like help the world and this is other quotes that also just the statement building new societies implies that you are leaving the old society behind and anyone who doesn't agree with your societal right. views you're gonna yes. kill them, yeah. <laughs> any or abandon them, or whatever. Genocide that she's the proposing aliens will take care of it. Any dystopian novel you've ever read is what she's describing. Yeah. We are eradicating old societies and creating new societies. Now, yeah. I'm not gonna say that isn't something that we need to consider right now <laughs> as yeah. a society, like an overhaul at least. But maybe in America. But why would we allow some woman who claims to be super intelligent and a fucking alien and wants to create this overpowering business and this corporation is going to create societies that is just like the beginning of a fucking horror novel yeah. it you doesn't know? make any sense really and i mean you can see why this messaging is not attached to her brand on her website but these are but it also just goes to show like what her motivations are deeper. yeah that she has deeper right. motivations and i think that it ties into what she is gaining from this which is monetary and ego-based mm-hmm. And um, not actually just about the help of people. Yeah. I think the thing that bothers me most about it is that she knows what she's saying is bad because she conscience consciously hasn't put it on her website. Yeah, like that. I mean, it's a conscious yeah. thought. To or leave someone it else off. told her, "Don't put that shit on your website." Right. But whether and they told yeah. her or she self discovered it, she knows she it's knows bad. it's not good. I totally agree. All right, I'm going to try and zoom through some of the money stuff just so that we can stay on track. So I'm going to kind of talk through how much all of like her shit costs and like okay. what she's making off of. Is that cool? Were you going to say something else? No, no. Nope. All right. So on her website, she says, for $79 a month, you too can join the community of brave truth seekers and inner work enthusiasts and unlock a learning experience based on conscious entertainment. How much I miss? How 80 bucks a month? $79 a month. I can't yeah. afford HelloFresh because yeah. it's 80 bucks a month and that gives me sustenance. <laughs> and, and it's delicious. Is that just the fee to get on the website? 
Yeah, so this is the okay. lowest level. This gets you access to 200 plus hours of workshops, eight free meditations, 185 downloadable frequency paintings, which I haven't even talked about and don't have time to talk about. Is that like a fucking NFT? Like, what the fuck? I, kind of, except that she does it with like her vision and she paints it. So then when you buy it, it like, does, I don't, we can't even a get psychic into it. NFT. It's like a whole fucking thing we can't even get into. It also gets you 50% off Teal's meditations and other monthly special offers all of this is what $80 a month gets you there are free things I feel like I should say all of her YouTube videos are free those you can access for free she gives you five free meditations if you just pop on her website that's all free and her YouTube videos include videos of her doing the synchronization workshops as well so there are free things I should make a point but the lowest level of paid access is $80 so she says that all of this stuff on her website is worth it because she values it significantly higher. She says the total of, of all of her, she would I know, right? that. the total of all of her live workshops and the replays of all the workshops that you get endlessly if you have access to her website, she says is worth ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! I know. Screw <laughs> you, lady. She values herself very highly. She also, as she lists out all of the like what all this is worth thing, like half of them just say priceless. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if you want. Everything that she offers, you can get a lifetime membership instead of doing the $80 a month and have lifetime access for only $2,000. And let me say that's actually hella reasonable. When I started looking into some of these other bitches that want to take your money, that's not bad. I was going to say, that doesn't seem that <laughs> so bad. So if you want to go for 10000 worth of content? Yeah, more than 10000 worth of com- content, because you also get nah. all that priceless shit. <laughs> I, I can... I can find two hours in one month to go through everything. So eighty dollars, I got it all done. done. I mean, she says it's like two hundred plus hours, and that's not including her free videos. But regardless, lots and lots I of shit out there. I don't have to watch the free videos if you have the in in stuff. the month yeah. where I'm paying for it. I can watch those anytime. So there's an option for you listeners. If you want to spend $2,000, you can get all that forever or $80 a month, like Jess, and then maybe just record all of it from a camera on the Hell side yeah. or something. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I'm not recommending programs. that you steal from Teal Swan. Would you download a car, Kelly? <laughs> what? Those old anti-piracy commercials, do you remember? <laughs> yes, yes. Would you download Would a you car? Would you download a car? Yes. <laughs> if I didn't have a way to get to work and you're telling me I, I can mean, pirate a car? If, yeah, yeah. Yes. if it's possible, uh-huh, yeah. All right, if you also want to go to one of her like in-person things, if you want to go to a synchronization workshop, first of all, there's one on March 19th in San Diego, so this should air before March 19th. So Nice. Um, you can pay between $99 and $1,555. Wow. Depending on the access you want. So $99 gets you general access, and you are at the very, very back of the auditorium. Ruby, for $189, oh, Ruby. gets you the next level, like a little bit closer. You're seated in front of general. Diamond for two hundred ninety nine dollars. That's a big you jump. Ruby to of, Diamond. Sorry. Well, there's only four levels, so uh, wait for the next jump because Diamond is three hundred dollars, and you're seating it in front of Ruby. If you want to sit closest to the stage, plus you get an invitation to an exclusive tea with Teal gathering after ugh. the workshop. That is the one thousand five hundred fifty five dollars oh. for premium access wow. to her synchronization workshop. But you get to like see her, <clears throat> talk. You to can her. Sort of, like meet her after. But I watched in this one documentary. It kind of just looked like they had like it was like a Comic Con meet and greet. Is kind of <laughs> what it looked like. <laughs> like she, they were like taking pictures in front of a backdrop. I don't know what it actually is like. But I'm not thinking you're going to necessarily get like up close and personal with her. Oh, but 
$100. So then if you want to go to her all-inclusive, uh, the next one she has is a curveball retreat. Again, I don't know what curveball means. <laughs> I and just I think like, that there are other terms. Like she had a different name for a retreat, I like just, a philia retreat. I don't know what they I just mean. wouldn't want to go. Like I would feel the whole <laughs> time I'm there that edge. at any moment, like. <laughs> Where's the curveball? Right? Like there's going to be an earthquake or like. I mean, like, we what's going to happen? We are like dealing with trauma, right? <laughs> We're dealing. So like at any moment, like. Where's the trigger? That's you know, like, like in the pool, so, like experiencing your trauma, and then all of a sudden, like a cloud pops out. <laughs> like, I'm just picturing something ridiculous, like lightning curveball. strikes. I know. The, yeah, it's like a bad game show, right? Like curveball. Curve all of a sudden, your mother-in-law is there. No, I the love my mother-in-law. Is that she re-traumatizes everyone there by killing someone on stage? Oh my oh. god, she's working. And then oh, she, at first I was going to say she re-traumatizes. You said she re-traumatizes everyone there and I was like yes that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I mean like but that's she, not the curveball she that's, knew trauma she gives she people new trauma not new re tra- new trauma well that's how you isn't that how you get over your old trauma is it like your new trauma <laughs> trumps your old trauma so that yeah. you kind of forget I mean, that's about you, it you that's know? how you get over an ex right the yeah, new sure. boyfriend rebound, <laughs> rebound trauma okay PSA none of this is real we don't believe in any of this don't come at us please we make jokes like this because everybody in this room has experienced trauma of one sort <laughs> or another that we're all trying to heal from. Yes. So I just don't know now whether to name this episode <laughs> Chartreuse Goose or <laughs> Rebound <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> so if you want to go to that curveball tree and have that curveball thrown at you, no. um, it is a $300 application fee alone. And then there's a $5,200 fee if you want to share a room or a $5,900 fee if you want a single room. And it is a week-long, all meals included, all-inclusive. So it's like, it only costs $300 to come to my retreat, but it costs you $6,000 if you want to sleep. No, it's more the opposite. Like, you're going to pay $6,000 and you also have to pay just to apply. And you might not get in. Really, what it's saying is you have to give me $300 and you may never get to come. They say that if you don't get accepted, they... and I. actually kind of get this they say if you don't get accepted they will refund you the three hundred dollars but they have she has such a like she has so many critics and such a wide following this is trying to narrow it down to actual people who are interested and not people spamming her and being assholes so you have to pay three hundred dollars and then so um if you don't get accepted you get your money back what would disqualify someone i don't know she won't tell us that but i mean a lot of time it just seems like it's full like you only get so they only have so many i don't like your face You do have to fill out. I looked at the application. You have to answer a bunch of questions. I think there is probably a little bit of a weaning people out if they act at all like they're going to be combative or they act at all like they're not going to agree. Okay, so now we're going to get into the ugly. It's ugly. Um, I'll just name that it's ugly. Let's start with an easy one, okay? So um, her website says that she founded the Headway Foundation, and she, this is supposed to be a nonprofit company that enables ideas, goals, and ventures that are aimed at positive world change to become actualized. She said, in the years to come, Headway Foundation will encompass programs, centers, a bunch of shit, blah, 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 skipping ahead. Seeks to create the changes within our society that will create a better life for all beings who call this earth their home. She posted on a blog in 2013, this is the quote from the blog, that the money going to and from Headway will be completely transparent, meaning that as soon as we get it all up and running, you will be able to log in somewhere on the internet and be able to see every cent that is earned and spent through the company. I think that was 2013. I could be mis 
misnaming the year. Regardless, it was a long time ago. So she's creating a nonprofit. She's going to actually have money coming in and out, supposed to increase her transparency. I cannot find any record of this nonprofit existing, except for in every single bio about her, including on her Mm. website. And then like in every single introductory bio or bio in an article, it is saying that she is the creator of all this work and also of the nonprofit organization Headway Foundation. So it's just a fictitious thing that it's she's using. It's just straight up bullshit as far as I can tell. The actual Headway Foundation, for your information, is a nonprofit about concussions and sports safety. Yes. Um, so if you're interested in supporting that cause, go I for do, it. I am interested because my stepson had uh-huh. a concussion because of a sport. Yeah, related. I mean that's I'm I'm fascinated with that idea. Not hers. My my kid had multiple concussions, but they don't play sports. No, well, that's because she's a part of our lineage. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless, like that's not her foundation. I can't find anything about her foundation, but she continues to use it in every bio and on her website as like a, a thing, an accomplishment, an accomplishment she's done. Mm. So that's the first kind of ugly thing. It gets uglier. So let's talk a little bit more about her actual trauma work. Um, we've really touched on this a little bit. So to just kind of like summarize and add some additional things. So her uh, process, like we've said, of encouraging people to re-experience their trauma in order to heal, that's not completely out of left field. There are a lot of therapists who do this kind of work. But if you watch what this looks like in practice, it's just not good. So at her retreat, she actually sets people up in pairs to go and do this work. And she like gives them the exercise of what they're going to do. But then what happens is that one of those people is a completely untrained fish out of water, like guiding the other through as you go through this deep trauma and you're re-experiencing it. And then like she sets people up where she almost like pushes and coerces them to respond to the individuals re-experiencing of trauma in a way that like, exacerbates it and makes it worse. She has been known to tell people, I see that you experience trauma that you don't yet remember. No, what? I know. She is pushing people to experience trauma and then she's putting them in these situations or to re-experience their trauma, whether it's real or imagined, and she's putting them in these situations where untrained people are the ones supporting them. She'll set it up so that like a person has to actually be like acting as the role of like the parent in this traumatic event and like saying things that the parent never said or this person who just met you would never even know what your parent would have said and she creates these ridiculous scenarios and then three through that people are legitimately so like so traumatized and re-traumatized yeah. they are screaming they are physically experiencing their trauma and it is horrifying both i would think both people would be horribly traumatized by that because i, I would, would hate so to be well. put in a position where oh God, i yeah. had to treat another person that i had just met yeah in that manner like my level of therapy is bartender level yeah like yeah. i'm not going beyond that maybe hairdresser level yeah like that's, yeah that's a good that's one. what i got and so let's also remember just like booze that if she herself is guiding this practice which she doesn't do that often anymore she has her peons do it or she just sets up these ridiculous exercises and sends people off to do them um, but let's remember that if she herself is guiding she doesn't have any training or certification or license mm-hmm. so she is also not qualified but she's probably the most qualified just because she's at least read a lot of shit. Yeah. And she's experienced a lot of shit. And she's not even the one leading these things. She's Were just making the money. 
here's where I just want to say really, really briefly kind of my stance on some of these things. I believe that people without licenses and training can actually provide excellent support to people who have been traumatized. Yes. What they can't do, if they do this without ever setting boundaries, sorry, I'm trying to read. So like those words were like a little jumbled, but I'm not Teal Swan. I can't, I can't just speak with amazing <laughs> conviction. I'm glad you're not Teal Swan. Kelly. So if they do this, if people without training and licenses are providing support and they do this without ever setting boundaries for their work, without ever ever acknowledging the times when they are maybe not the best person to help someone that you know is really really dangerous i think it's like when i when i said earlier about how she never really misrepresents herself i mean she does obviously in like her giving to charity and nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and shit like that but like she never lies about not having a degree but through her manipulation she still makes people believe that she has more to offer than she really does. Than she does. And she's still putting herself in a position of claiming, without saying that she has the degree or the certification, she's claiming she's an expert in something without any evidence to support that. Yeah. And I think that that's... She's acting also in a way that I wouldn't even... Like, let's say she has the degree. Let's say she has the training and the background. And we say, okay, all your knowledge is valid. She's still not acting in line with what you would expect of Mm -hmm. someone with that professional context. It's so irresponsible just putting two people that have been in, that are traumatized, that are looking for help and putting those two people together and asking them to do exercises. And then just going and doing these exercises. And in a a lot of situations, I would think some of the things that sounds like she's doing, if I'm a board certified whatever, like they could come down on me for these kind of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, so I'm she gets away follow- by I'm not, not being following those guidelines. So if she was actually trained and, you know, certified, she wouldn't be able to do she this wouldn't. stuff. And that is one of the bigger issues that we'll see in the self-help industry as a whole is that there's zero regulation. There is zero yeah. um, accountability of like, you have to meet XYZ to continue this practice. She doesn't have to do any of that. Um, And that makes it really dangerous. The last other thing I'll say on this topic is that I also think it's important to acknowledge that some people who do have the license Mm -hmm. and do have the training can still cause significant harm. Having the license doesn't make you magic. But what people do in this field when they do it well is they use their education and their license and evidence-based practices. Mm -hmm. They set appropriate boundaries they seek continued learning and guidance from other professionals, and they encourage people to explore the ideas of other experts. That is how you do this work. You don't just jump in and pretend like you're God, whether you have a license or you don't have a license, yep. whether you have clairvoyance or you don't have a license, you don't pretend like you're God and not do this work using evidence-based approaches and really encouraging people to seek professional help from others when appropriate well and you cannot you cannot i'm still flabbergasted by this you cannot tell someone who has trauma that they remember that they also have trauma that they don't remember yeah that is so fucking damaging to a person's psyche as someone who has trauma that i don't fucking remember like even learning right. that and knowing that that happened is still a mind fuck. Right. But yeah. to then and if put someone just the idea yeah. in someone's it's, head that they right. don't remember this trauma that happened to them. It's like you work that's through life altering. Work yes. through the trauma. Like it'd be for me. I think it'd be much better if I had that. Where 
work through the trauma I know about and let me self-discover yeah. this other trauma after I've moved through this. Maybe it happens in the middle of the process, but let no. me discover it. Don't tell me that and I have how to does do she it with the guidance know. of a I mean, and how can you even tell somebody that? Like and she's the reality psychic. is if if you were to if you were to think that she's not one hundred percent all knowing. Even if you believe in her abilities, if you think she's not 100% all-knowing and she makes mistakes, then it is factual. If you believe that, then it is 100% certain she has told someone they have a trauma they don't have. Mm -hmm. And that yes. is extremely damaging. I, would say, I think oh. you could walk up to anybody on the street and say, you have trauma that you don't remember. No, she... And it, it would not be a lie, though. But, I, do you but she says... You don't remember the trauma with your father when you were a child. Ugh. She says that shit. That's bullshit. She says, I know that there was a trauma with your father that you don't yet remember. She encourages people it's, to get into these re-traumatization, like, like re-experiencings of their trauma by setting them up in situations with their caregivers and basically saying your caregiver did traumatize you. And I apologize. This is becoming more triggering than I realized it would in our conversation. So I apologize to our listeners. But she sets up these situations where she is intentionally trying to have you identify whether real or perceived a trauma against your caregiver. It's very contrived, very constructed. It makes me think of the planted memories, mm -hmm. those in air quotes, memories of all of the kids in the 80s that were supposedly in satanic cults. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear something? Yes. Smash I didn't sister. go into this. I could have done a two-parter just on Teal Swan. Let's be real. Yeah, you could um, She received therapy from Barbara Snow. Do you all know who Barbara Snow is? <gasps> yep. Yes. yes. Doesn't that explain so much? For those of you who don't know who Barbara Snow is, she was a therapist, had all the licenses, all the things in the 1980s and 90s who provided therapy really focused on repressed memories mm -hmm. and was directly tied to the fueling of the satanic panic oh. in that time period well, by telling people that they had mm -hmm. memories of traumas mm -hmm. that they didn't remember, that they were repressed and trying to encourage They're, them. This is the environment Teal Swan right. was in. Right, and it oh makes God, perfect it makes sense so now. And they, that's a bigger trauma. I shouldn't say bigger trauma. That is most... That's that is possibly, depending on what is true and is not true, her bigger trauma was yes. just going through that experience. That absolutely, in my well, mind, it changed her whole uh, wiring in her brain. Totally, maybe her what she. I'm not discounting her. I'm not saying I don't believe her. I'm just saying, as an alternative, maybe her memories of abuse aren't even real. Some but, people speculate about well, that for and, sure. And I mean. I, might that's that way. that's a good correlation though too because if you ever get a chance to listen or watch anything where they've got recordings of interviews of kids and these satanic panic things they do just what she did they lead them or they just mm -hmm. tell them you have this and there is and they're kids mm -hmm. i yeah, mean it's yeah. bad enough to do to adults and try you know but you do that to a kid they want to please policemen especially you yeah. know what i mean but anyway Sorry, there's nice a really burp. there's a really good uh, unraveled about a Canadian town that had a whole satanic panic. And I thing. kind of think that you know when you look at people who are who are traumatized and people who are vulnerable, they are similar just to to, mm -hmm. to children who just want to please and right. just want to make Teal happy. And they will on stage say, "Yeah, absolutely, I did have that trauma or that experience." 
I think a lot of trauma makes people feel like they aren't loved and they're just looking for somebody to love them and accept them and understand them and listen to them. And then that's, you know, they find somebody that shows them that. And one beautiful thing I saw this or heard this guy like came on stage in a synchronization workshop and he said something about feeling so alone and not knowing Mm -hmm. what to do. And Teal stopped him and said, that feeling of being alone that stops today. And I was like, oh, it makes me really that makes me even more mad because i'm one of those people and that's why i set it up this way because i want you to be so furious that taking advantage of those people yes and can i say we haven't even gotten to the worst and this is the last bit and then we're done with this episode but this is absolutely the worst i will also give an additional trigger warning for suicide at this point in time so please skip ahead a few minutes if that's something that um that doesn't help you today all right teal believes in reincarnation many people do because of this she says that death is delicious death is liberating death is not wrong she says that suicide is pushing the reset button she says it's not a good or bad decision in and of itself this is her quote it's not something that source source either condones or condemns you cannot say that suicide is wrong without also saying that death is wrong there is nothing wrong with suicide these are the beliefs of teal swan the words of teal swan not the words or beliefs of people on this podcast not saying that it's wrong but i'm just i'm I'm saying these are the beliefs she regularly challenges people who have openly expressed that they are struggling with suicidal ideation to decide whether they are more committed to life or more committed to death She says, if we are more apathetic, we are passively committing suicide. I'm sorry for sharing the words because I feel like it's really triggering. And you can see how this is very damaging because she puts these words out there to a very vulnerable population who are extremely susceptible. And at least two followers have been confirmed to have committed suicide, excuse me, died by suicide after following her teachings. Multiple other people have claimed that their loved ones who died by suicide would not have made the decision if not for Teal Swan's teachings. So that's the crux of it. And I'm sorry to kind of end on this, but that regardless of your beliefs, she is preying on an extremely vulnerable population and it is resulting in significant harm being done. Well, and I think the thing that kind of grosses me out the most is that she leads with an idea that in a, a lot of ways, depending on how you talk about it, is good, right? Yeah. Death isn't bad, right? Like, we're living our lives, just live for the moment, don't think about death. Death's, you know, it's it's just part of our cycle. But then she takes it to, like, I would say, live life, take risks, right? There's Don't be afraid of death. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, so if you want to kill yourself, yeah. you know, it's cool. I'm not going to say that I... A hundred percent disagree because I feel like there are people that live in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. and your life is your life. And if you feel like you have reached that point where you can no longer take it, I am not going to judge you. Like I'm never going to judge anybody for that. I really feel like suicide. I'm not promoting it to anybody listening. I, but I feel like it shouldn't be villainized. Mm -mm. And I, that's really important. I don't want us to villainize it. Because it is a choice. It's wrong. But I think the way you talk about it to people with suicidal ideation without training well, is and, extremely well, how important. many and, times have I don't know about you how about how many times have you been in a moment where you're just like 
I don't know. I think about suicide quite a bit, actually. And I used to when I was younger, and I have as I've gotten older. I think a lot of it is hormones and menopause. <laughs> and it's more a lot like suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and when I'm really sad. But then there's moments past that where I would never think of doing that. And so, like, you can find a person that's in that vulnerable state and you can exacerbate it when if you wait a fucking day, they may not be in that state. And so you can cause somebody to do something that they may not necessarily yeah. do or even the need to do, you know, is what causes. Yeah, I agree. Well, and doesn't she claim to be able to help anybody through their trauma? So, like so she, so how so how does she explain that like i'm unable to help like if i if i went to the spiritual guru who told me sometimes suicide is the right way and then said i'm unable to help you got to through your trauma then i'd be like i guess suicide's the only choice then like it would make me even more want to commit suicide and that so what she her response to one particular individual who did commit suicide after being a client of hers her response um, was that that individual that she sat that person down and said you need to choose to either commit to life or com- or well to commit to life or to commit suicide um, and then she said uh, after it happened she said um, that that individual's vibrations were such that no healer could help her it's so good and to then, explain away every mistake you make and then in this large group at like a workshop she said and that individual was reincarnated two days later so everything's happy and everyone in the audience went <gasps> oh because her alien psychicness saw that. I yeah. will, oh, ad- yeah, I will admit that my belief in reincarnation does make the idea of suicide less I completely permanent. Agree. Do you understand what I I'm saying? I completely agree. But you don't take that idea and tell no. everyone it is fact. People, and tell everyone that you have a greater belief system and right. you know and yeah. therefore go and do it. If you want to do it and then you don't tell people it's delicious. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's that the best gross experience. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That's experience. disgusting. You hold those beliefs and you say this is what's true to my heart. But she's playing on that heart. also. She's playing on that. And I think that that's why it's a sensitive thing to talk about because it's not villainizing the belief in reincarnation. Certainly not. No. Many of us believe that. It's not villainizing those individuals who have made that choice to take their own lives. It's about the way she weaponizes yeah. yes. it. Well, she weaponizes things that are valid and logical and like science-based and spiritual and beautiful. And she weaponizes it in a way that harms people. It's uh, c- Commit to life or commit to death is really yes. awful. It's fucking horrible. Because... Yeah. As someone who has dealt with like dealt with suicidal ideation and suicidal tendencies like basically my entire adolescence into adulthood, if there was one fucking person, it, when I was in high school, if there was one person who had expressed any indication that maybe suicide was an option, I would have killed myself, mm-hmm. point blank. Mm-hmm. And like knowing that there are people in that situation who are falling prey to her saying this it's the same thing as someone on the internet just being like just kill yourself yeah and then a high schooler i was i was just gonna say it's like and legally responsible yeah it's like that one girl who encouraged her boyfriend to kill himself over text i'm gonna ask you a pointed question and you don't have to answer (laughs) but this might be helpful depending on what your answer is this might be helpful to listeners out there can she answer in slam poetry 
Are you glad that you didn't? Absolutely. Okay. There you go. That's my whole point. That's a really good point, Salem. That's really valid. And thank you, Hannah, for being willing to share that. And most people, most people who have attempted suicide and it was unsuccessful will say the same thing. Yeah. Statistics Mm -hmm. show that. Not all people, but the majority of people. people, It's something like 80 something percent, I think I read, is that they're like, I'm glad I didn't succeed. Yeah. And it's not to villainize people who commit suicide and succeed right like and it's and it's not to villainize people who think that's an option in the I first fully place, understand but. why people do and i i just think that it's not about the it's not even about the act itself it's not even about the feelings the individual is going through it's the record if you're a mental health professional you come at this with a humility that you recognize you cannot know the experience mm-hmm. of that other person so you will not encourage them in i mean you will encourage them to live but you will not push them in a direction that will result in that choice yeah that doesn't mean if they made that choice that like again we're not villainizing that but it's just saying that you respect this person's life enough to not insert your fucking self in this situation and to even try to encourage the other person to to work through it to help them so that they don't feel this way anymore. Well, and one of medicine's creed is do, do no, no harm. harm. But she's not certified in no. anything. So but she, I, she doesn't and that's that. part of and yeah. that's unless, the disgusting shit. Unless they can Absolutely. prove she defrauded people, she's never going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just want to say cuz like like you said Jess, like what if Evie finds me in that being a big thing? Like and and the whole discussion of you either commit to life or you should kill yourself. Like, you are allowed to live for other people. You are yes. allowed to be alive because you are afraid of how other people mm-hmm. would react to that. Absolutely. And immediately being like, if you're not living life to the fullest, you have no reason to be alive is 100% categorically false. Absolutely. And so damaging to people who are already am, thinking about that. I am that facilitating a life where Evie can live 100% to her fullest. And I also think, yeah, absolutely. And I also think that that's a really important thing to say because so much of the narrative that we hear when people are struggling with suicidal ideation or suicidal tendencies is this feeling of life being better for their family if they were just gone. Or like, like it, I think that that's a really important point, that it is okay to hold on for your loved ones and that that is what, your loved ones would want and sometimes that's enough until you can get to a place where you also because that's the ultimate goal you have to be in a place where you also also value your own life and find worth in it but in the interim you can absolutely mm-hmm. hold on for those who love you and i think we should all remember that it's okay to not be okay <laughs> yeah. it's okay <laughs> to just be trud- drudging through life, doing the best you fucking can. Yeah. You could be a miserable fucking asshole. It's okay. Like, and you don't life- have to live life to the fullest. And your life still has worth it has in meaning. those well, moments. Yes. Even when you're yes. a shithole, your <laughs> life has worth. I've One of the things I've been talking with Evie about, bring your best. And you know what? Your best is different every day. Your best is different every hour of every day. But if you can honestly say to yourself in that moment, I did the best I could right now, then that's more than adequate. It's 
the way you live your fullest life is do your best, whatever that is. And maybe today my best is at 98%, but maybe tomorrow my best is only going to be at 40 and so okay. all I can, and that's okay. And all, all three, let's normalize yeah, the days that's true. when your best that's is three percent. Um, I would like to wrap up this yes. discussion by first of all saying that if you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, mm-hmm. please call nine eight eight, which is the suicide prevention hotline. Um, I believe the website is nine eight eight lifeline dot com, and please we we can put that into our description as well. Mm-hmm. Um, your life has worth. Thank yes, you for being everybody. here with us. It was a good story, Kelly. It was, it was really tough. Good, it got Kelly. really deep there got, at the end. It got tough at the end. I thank you for leaning into the discussion and also love you all and hope you take care of yourselves because it's a lot. It's yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. Love you all. We love you, listeners. I love, love you, guys. little shemmies. <laughs> well, that was a really effed up story, Kelly. Yeah, I'm sorry. It got now, so heavy. What's funny is that like, I texted y'all earlier in the week because I was like, I can't do this other story because it's too bad for my <laughs> mental health. <laughs> So let me bring in this discussion like, and unload it on all of you instead. I just don't even want to know how yeah. bad your I don't original know what your story was. Searching. We'll circle back sometime, but not, not in the So in now the it's time future. for something not effed up. Yes, I love it. So do you have something? Okay, so what did you call it? Well, I don't know. We're so the name like of the it is in debate. The kids want to do the oh, pee pee corner, the okay. positive plug corner. Okay, and then Belle does this pee pee corner thing that she I sings, so and much. I keep telling her that I'm it's so sad. Do you cut it out every time? No, it's in there. But but every time I tell her this is still up for debate. Kelly hasn't even been on oh, since we've done Salem. this. I do. I did recognize that you weren't Thank here, you. and nothing is set in stone. But I the girls really like the, the pee pee corner. The reason okay. I don't like the pee pee corner is because it sounds like a pee pee corner is something gross and bad. Yeah. But we're actually telling positive things. Yeah, I liked what you said when you introduced it that well, it was something. And that, and now it's time it, for something. That's how we should go. I've been yeah. saying since the beginning yeah. that it should be you told an effed up story now you have to tell of something that's that was the beginning yes <laughs> like the day one since, since she was all born. Land time since for 2019 when we started this time. for all land time. <laughs> yes. okay i all don't right. get what yep, land same. It it's was just it's something kelly said it was funny what oh i wasn't on that i don't episode. know if you were on i don't know, know. okay Here's my thing. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, this is from some random person on YouTube whose name I don't know. And I'm sorry because this is not my idea, but it's brilliant. So this rando on YouTube, she, <laughs> she has like a little um, espresso maker machine like I do, like an espresso. You pop a pod in and it makes an espresso drink. Typically I pop my pot in and then I pour in my syrup and then I pour in some milk over ice. Or if I'm doing it hot, I foam my milk. That's called a latte. <laughs> so, <laughs> So this lady, she takes her little espresso pod and she pours in chocolate protein shake. Oh, this is my hack for all of you at home. (laughs) That is actually a hack 
from some rando on YouTube. Nice. I, I shouldn't say rando. She's probably a I nice was just person. Gonna, rando just sounds so like, <laughs> oh, look at that person. rando. I know. It's not nice. It's not kind. Be Thank more you, kind, Thank you, YouTube rando. So this is my tip to start your day with a little more protein yeah. because protein keeps you full longer yeah. and it also helps the production of collagen. So if you're like me and you realize your skin is starting to sag a little bit in your middle age, maybe you want some more collagen production. You can't be middle yeah. aged yet, yeah. Kelly. So pour <laughs> that chocolate it's like a chocolate milkshake into your coffee and then you don't really even taste like the chalkiness of the protein because you got the coffee in there it's like a little chocolate milkshake coffee treat for breakfast and it's like the same i mean i don't i don't want to say anything triggering but if you are counting those things that are associated with food then it is the same number as would be with the milk i'm saying calories for those who you, of you who don't know it is like the same number of calories as nice. milk but with more protein that's it that's like my it. happy whatever that is a good happy yeah thing. happy pee pee that's no. my happy pee pee <laughs> happy pee pee i mean the pee pee quarter sounds like your bad dog when he's mad at happy you happy pee Happy pee pee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then there's not a gross place you happy with your dog pees. <laughs> so what is happy pee pee? When you I don't know. It could toilet? be anything. I mean, happy pee pee. I'm going to happy pee pee in a couple of days. I, I, I was going to say the same thing. Oh, I'm going to do so bad bathrooms. Does that mean we got to go? Does that mean we're done? Wait, yep. Do we actually say goodbye anymore? Not really. Not really. No. We never did say goodbye. We, we never did. did. We actually started out saying goodbye okay, and okay. Okay. We would end it and plug stuff and hand it Yeah, but we don't do that.